Erie. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to this week's episode of Flagship City Sports Talk, brought to you by Quickville. As always, don't forget to follow us along throughout the week at FC Sports Talk on Twitter. Find us anywhere, Flagship City Sports Talk. You want to pick on me individually, hit me up at, at I'm Dr. Artman. I'm never alone. Here with my trusty sidekicks, Paul Rich. How we doing, fellas? I'm okay. Uh, trying to wake up. I got my, my tush push coffee this morning after staying up late to watch the Philadelphia Eagles beat my Dolphins last night. <laughs> I, I was camping all weekend, so I got no sleep at all. <laughs> you know, yesterday, my son turned eight on Saturday. So we had his birthday party yesterday, Super Mario Brothers theme, which I'm super excited about. That was so nice. fun. But the chaos You'd was... You make a great Luigi, by the way. <laughs> oh, I'm definitely more of a Mario build, but I appreciate what you're saying. <laughs> but... We had like 12 to 15, 8, 9, 10-year-old boys running around the house just screaming their Total heads off. chaos. My wife, God bless her, she was like trying to organize these games, and, st- and they're just not listening. They're like, she hard-boiled eggs and painted little green circles on them for like Yoshi eggs and stuff. And she, nice. They're just like throwing them at each other, and it was like <laughs> smashing spoons on the ground, and she was just like, at one point she was like, I give up. Go outside. See ya. And then they all went outside. So yeah, I'm still I'm still recovering. My ears are still ringing uh, from that one. So. Still picking pieces of green egg <laughs> out of your beard. Yeah, yeah. That should make for an interesting show today so we'll see how we do all right enough about us let's get into the north shore rewind (laughs) welcome to the north shore rewind brought to you by duskus funeral home the playoff picture is shaping up we got a lot of ground to cover today let's start with uh kind of a shocker fairview over northeast paul what did you see yeah the tigers entered saturday needing to beat region five champion northeast or watch the playoffs from home they leaned on junior quarterback vinnie campoli who finished with 174 yards and three touchdowns on 25 carries also had an interception on defense to lead Fairview to a 28-14 region 5 win over the pickers northeast had just 179 yards of offense and the only offensive score came on a 32 yard touchdown pass from jackson humes to jamari curlett curlett also had a 99 yard kickoff return in that game <laughs> so northeast finished the region play at five and one seven and two overall with a scheduled game against reynolds coming up this friday we'll see if that happens great pickers won the region five title outright actually before they even laced them up on Saturday when Fort LaBeouf lost, giving Northeast a two-game lead at the time. Fairview improved to 5-4 and four overall and finished in a tie with Fort LaBeouf for second place in Region 5 at 4-2. and two. A loss would have dropped the Tigers into third at 3-3 three and three with General McLean, and Fairview would have likely missed the playoffs. Fairview is scheduled to finish the regular season this Friday at Northwestern. Again, we'll see if that game happens. Yeah, we were talking about that a little bit, and walk us through that. This The idea of Week 10 for District 10 football um, is just kind of an extra game, it seems like, or, you know, they're going to play, but it doesn't necessarily have any impact on their playoff hopes or anything like that, right? Yeah. So week 10 for normal people or week nine, if you have that weird week zero thing, um, it's a (laughs) non-region week. Uh, So none of the games really count toward the schedule or playoff seating. It's all non-region schedule games. So basically playoff teams are going to have the option to play sort of a tune-up game, a warm-up. You know, you want to get, if it's a home game, you got one last game for your seniors before you go to a neutral site or if you're a team that missed the playoffs you know your seniors get one more night game 
you know, just to play, you get to play. Um, but I said earlier in this one, you know, if Northeast ends up playing Reynolds, if Fairview ends up playing Northwestern, as of Monday morning, this morning when I got the text messages, there's some ADs still talking whether they want to play those games or not. So it's really, Rich, you and I know from doing yeah, games yeah. for years at WCTL, Week 10 is always a crapshoot because, hey, we're supposed to do this game. Oh, they canceled it. Oh, this team rescheduled with this team. You know, non-playoff teams will, will drop and then pick up games against other teams that either had the date open or, you know, got their game dropped. So Week 10 is a hodgepodge. And, and here Monday night, 6.05 p.m., we have no idea who's playing <laughs> who on Friday. I'm just excited for it. You know, and a lot of that comes down to the, those teams that are playoff bound. You know, do you, you really want to play and sacrifice or, well, that, you know, bring yeah. up the possibility of somebody, you know, God forbid, getting hurt? And That's the juxtaposition. You know, if you've got you know, a weaker team, we'll say a cupcake coming up. Yeah. Do you want that tune up game? Get ready, you know, or, or even just play your backups for a game just to kind of, you know, one more JV yeah. contest, get you guys ready for the playoffs or, and we'll talk about this in a little bit. Cathedral prep and Farrell is scheduled for this Friday. Yeah. We'll see if that game even yeah. happens. <laughs> That's a, a heavy hitty there. And real quick, before we jump to our next game, Northeast comes into this game. They've already locked up the, their region championship, right? Yes. Correct. Okay. So do you, what, what's your mindset as a coach going into this? this game was it kind of like hey let's just I mean obviously you want to win every game you play but is it did maybe Northeast pulled the brakes a little bit or pulled back a little bit do you see things like that happen at the coaching level coach mindset versus player mindset is entirely different as a coach there is no game where you go well we can take it this easy this week we want the win we want the win we want the win now from a player's perspective and I think you know there's there's 50 60 of these guys versus you know maybe 10 coaches they're looking at it Friday night because again that game was Saturday they know by the time they go to bed Friday night hey, regardless of what happens tomorrow, we got the Region 5 crown. So did they intentionally take them light? I don't think so. But was there that urgency that you feel, you know, in every game leading up to it? Probably not, if we're being honest. Sure, sure. All right, let's jump to the next one. We got to keep moving here. Corey versus Fort LaBeouf. Upset over Fort LaBeouf this weekend. Yeah, Beavers suddenly on a two-game winning streak with back-to-back home W's as they upset the Bison on senior night. Fort LaBeouf actually outgained Corey 290 to 220. 27, but lost three fumbles and we're down 14 nothing at the start of the fourth. The Bison now at six and three host Sharpsville, who are five and four and have lost four straight on Friday night in a non-region matchup. While Corey, now three and five, up from one and five, travels to Titusville this Friday before they get set for the 4A title game against Meadville on November 3rd. That'll be a good one too coming up. Moving over to our official team of the yeah. flagship city sports talk. Mercy Rule Prep wins again 48-3 against Union City. Yeah, Lakers finished their regular season undefeated and untied at 9-0 with a drubbing of Union City, a game in which they outgained the Bears. <laughs> Sit down. 404-68. to <laughs> The Bears' ground attack was limited to 56 yards on 42 carries. Jeez. Did you do that mental math real quick? <laughs> My head's still spinning. Yeah, I'm not going to do radio math here. 56 <laughs> yards on 42 carries. It's not great, Bob. Paul Johnson had five carries for 122 yards. J.J. Ganska with four carries for 122 yards for the Mercy Rule Prep Lakers. Gotta give props to Union City, though. They managed to hold Mercyhurst to under 50 points <laughs> yes. for the first time since September 1st, and they scored the first points Mercyhurst allowed since late September. So, you know, 48 three that's a down game for mercy rule prep and i was going to say and as far as the mercy rule goes they didn't hit it before halftime it was only (laughs) only 28 nothing at halftime (laughs) all right we talked about this a little bit last week too prep and mcdowell heating up and they're staying hot again this week let's start with cathedral prep erie 
Okay, Cathedral Prep 38, Erie 8, Luke Costello, DeJour Hollingsworth, and Sutan Lewis each scored in the first half that saw Prep build a 31-0 lead through two quarters. The Ramblers used a steady diet of those three to rush for 269 total yards, including two scores each by Costello and Hollingsworth. They've been good all year long. Before looking to the Class 5A playoffs, however, Prep now 5-3 and three after starting the season 2-2 two and two, is supposed to travel to Farrell, who is 9-0 and oh for perhaps the most anticipated game of the District 10 regular season this Friday. Do you think that's one that happens? <sighs> My on, I mean... I hope so. I mean, we're just projecting <laughs> at this point. That right. has the ability to be the best game of the week. I mean, honestly. Yeah. I, I, I as a fan, I want to see it. I don't know if it actually happens because neither team really has, you know, they don't, they don't need to play it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but I want to see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. And then jumping over McDowell over Butler. Oh, my goodness. 52 to 12 McDowell over Butler. Not one, not two, but three first half touchdown passes by the Trojans. Junior quarterback Blaze Myers. What a talent. He paced the Trojans in a blowout of Region 6 rival Butler. Stefan Baby Porter tallied two scores on just three carries in that first half as well. Trojans now five and three travel to Hamburg, New York to take on St. Francis before a rematch with Erie in the District 10 6A title game. Blaze Myers, not only one of my favorite quarterback names I've ever heard at yes. any level, just seems to get better. Every week he's getting better and better. He, he can beat you in the air. He can beat you on the ground. Um, you know, we said this a little bit last week, but just, just heating up at the, at the right time. Oh, he's such a talent. Actually, a, a buddy of mine coached him in 7th and 8th grade at mm-hmm. Westlake Middle School, and like he was sent me highlights of this kid when he was 12 years old you know I'm, I'm watching backyard throws he's dropping them into a bucket 50 yards down such a talent um first year as a full-time starting quarterback mm-hmm. this year um he's he's gonna really be a terror his senior season next year and yeah. hey i mean like he's got a couple of games to go yet this yeah. year <laughs> they don't really lean on him in the passing game because they're such a good running team but the right arm is so talented if if they get some you know, three, four good receivers out there. They could go spread and throw it 50 times a game. Yeah. Yeah. Just gets better. Like you said, junior year, it'll be interesting. To, I mean, let's, let's focus on this year first. Oh yeah. Let's not get too far ahead <laughs> of ourselves, but very, very talented we'll, quarterback. We'll put a pin in him for next year. Definitely somebody we want to keep our eye on uh, wrapping out some high school. And then we'll, we'll go back to some otters. I want to just give out some quick congrats. Um, first off, earning region championships this weekend were Cambridge Springs uh, with a tie region one tie with Lakeview. Mercyhurst prep takes home the region two. Title, Farrell Region 3, Meadville Region 4, Northeast, even though they had the loss against Fairview, still earns the Region 5 championship in McDowell with Region 6. I know Ethan Knox already broke the record, but he had 57 carries for 355 yards and four touchdowns to lead the Oilers to a 38-12 win over Titusville. Talk about just, you know, keep piling onto that record, just making it so nobody can pass him. Girls Tennis, Fairview Girls Tennis takes home the 3A District 10 Championship. Prep Ramblers Girls Tennis takes home the 2A D10 title. Prep automatically advances to the PIAA 2A Tournament. Fairview takes on Dubois out of District 9 for a chance at the 3A Tournament. Girls Golf. Fairview in their 
in only their third year with the team, finished in second place with a team score of 245 by Cora Hers, Abby Benz, and Moira Erhardik. Northeast Anna Swan, one of the favorites going in, is the PIAA Class 2A Girls Golf Champion. After a 36-hole score of one under par, 143 at Penn State University. I don't think I've shot under a 50 in my life on nine. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one time when I was 14. <laughs> Girls soccer, Sydney Rocco, congratulations on your 100th goal during the Lancers 8-0 road shout out against Meadville. Men's cross country at the Northwest Pennsylvania Invitational. Camden Kramer from McDowell led the Trojans to a team championship victory, securing an individual gold medal with a time of 16 minutes and two seconds at Frontier Park. Girls cross, girls cross country and Catherine Brown from Cathedral Prep earned first place at the Frontier Park hosted Northwestern Pennsylvania Invitational again with a time of 19 minutes and 30 seconds. All right, that takes us out of high school. Before we take a break, I I want to send it over to Paul for some Otters news. Yeah, Otters went one and two over the weekend, winning on the road at London five to three before dropping back-to-back home games against the Sarnia Sting six to four and the Niagara Ice Dogs on what was it Luau night five to three. The young Otters team currently sitting in the basement of the Western Conference's Midwest Division at three six and one. They've got two road games this week, Thursday Friday, before re- returning home to the Insurance Erie Insurance Arena this Saturday to take on the Peterborough Peets. That was the North Shore Rewind brought to you by Duskus Funeral Home. When we get back, we'll head over to the campus corner. You're listening to Flagship City Sports Talk brought to you by Quickville. And we are back. Welcome back to Flagship City Sports Talk brought to you by Quickville. The Niagara Cup, Gannon's men's soccer up to number 10. Let's head over to the campus corner. Up first, Gannon 31, Mercyhurst 28 in football. Gannon brings home the Niagara Cup for two years in a row, and they claim the 8-1-4 title for the second consecutive season with wins over both Edinburgh and Mercyhurst. Yeah, first time back-to-back Niagara Cup winners since 2010-2011. And the man of the weekend here in downtown area, freshman quarterback Jaden Whitaker made his first career appearance with just under 10 minutes remaining in the second quarter and Gannon trailing 14-7, immediately guiding the Golden Knights to -to back-to-back touchdown drives at the end of the day. He threw two touchdown passes, ran for a third, and while he didn't score on the final drive, he marched Gannon from its own 39 down to the Laker 15 for the game-winning field goal with six seconds remaining. Our guy, senior Eric Scarpino, local guy from Fort LaBeouf, calmly drilled a 32-yarder for the winning points. Still has not missed a kick this season. Also wanted to mention, in a depleted wide receiving core that left Braden Soboleski, uh, one of the best receivers I've seen in person, uh, from McDowell, seeing major snaps for the first time for Gannon. Redshirt sophomore caught three passes, 41 yards, including a 17-yard touchdown. Also played a major role on special teams with three tackles. That victory keeps the Golden Knights now at 4-4 four and four in second place in the PSAC West, a game behind Slippery Rock. And I mentioned Jaden Whitaker, the quarterback, coming off the bench. Took over early in the second quarter, went 8-for-20 
120, 131 yards, and I mentioned the two touchdowns uh, of 11 and 17 yards, respectively, uh, through an interception, but he also had 59 yards rushing in that third touchdown, a five-yard scamper on 10 carries. For the Lakers, Adam Urena, not a bad day, guys. 18 mm-hmm. of 28, 242, three touchdowns, had one interception, but he did lose 36 yards on four carries. Yeah, and we've loved Scarpino this year, too. Yet to miss a kick, like you said. He's 11 for 11 on field goals, 22 for two uh, on or 22 for 22 on PATs. Just keeps drilling it. 32 yards, never a doubt with six seconds remaining. so He may never miss again. Oh, see, now you said it. Oh, okay. Rich, you can delete that. That's down. the worst. Can we can we rewind <laughs> and cut that out? That's the last. That's, I hate that. When you're watching a game and somebody's like, yeah. he never misses. And then what do they do? Misses wide, immediately. Wide. Listen, yeah. listen, if Scarpino misses a kick this weekend, it's your fault. And I will, I am going to let And you Bob can get a hold of me know. at I'm Dr. Hartman. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> Gannon faces off against IUP next week. I think I need to create a Twitter account that's I'm not Dr. Artman. <laughs> and that way people can actually get a hold of me, but it's still your name who gets the negative publicity. Yeah, we, we might have to do that. I need a new co-host. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, co-host applications to at I'm go. Dr. Artman. Uh, sticking at Gannon, the Gannon men's golf team finished in third place at the PSAC Championships, concluding their 2023 fall season, keeping an eye on men's soccer as well. Number uh, number 10, Gannon, after a tie with rival Mercyhurst last week, stayed at number 10 or moved up to number 10. We know. I think they were I think they nine. Were nine so I think they're they were down nine. To they 10 dropped to 10. Yeah, my bad. But the number 10 Gannon's men's soccer team celebrated Senior Day with a 4-0 victory over Cal, extending their unbeaten streak and improving their record to 13-0 and 2. Gannon is now the number one team in the PSAC West, leading two game, leading by two games with three PSAC West games left. The 14 students, 14 seniors were recognized. And the first goal came two minutes into the match when Lennox Cruz connected with Paul Ferrer on a corner kick. Gannon held that advantage through the first half. Out shooting Cal 10 to 0. In the second half, our boy T capitalized on a one-on-one opportunity with Cal U goalie, extending Gannon's lead to 2-0, and they never looked back. Gannon's next match is against Slippery Rock at McConnell Family Stadium on Wednesday, October 25th at 6 p.m. Rounding us out with Edinburgh, we got some good and some bad news. We'll quick hit this. Women's cross country at Edinburgh starts with the good news. One Kylie Anisic won her second straight PSAC cross country championship as Edinburgh women's cross country team finished third at the PSAC championships on Saturday. Saturday. The bad news, football. Clarion 34, Edinburgh 20. Yeah, Golden Eagles took advantage of an Edinburgh muffed punt. It was They were up 21-7 at the half. Then Clarion scored twice in the third, pushing the lead to 34-7. to Edinburgh was able to cut into the lead. Now, here's this is where... It, this gets crazy. Tegan Brown caught a 21-yard touchdown pass from Bernard to trim the lead to 34-14. Then Trobel rounded out the scoring, finishing the day, uh, finishing a 12-play, 94-yard drive with a one-yard touchdown run, setting the final at 34-20 with 16 seconds to play. Tegan Brown led the offense, 10 catches, 154 yards, and a touchdown. Isaac Bernard, 30 of 47 for 324 and two TDs, did have one interception. C.J. Waldier led the defense with 13 solo touchdowns. 
tackles. Scots return to action next Saturday when they travel to Seton Hill for a noon kickoff. This is what's crazy, guys. As I was reading the stats through this one, Clarion 34, Edinburgh 20, you're thinking, okay, well, Clarion, not typically a powerhouse football team. And then you look at the Edinburgh stats and you go, they threw for 300 yards. They had a 150-yard receiver. What what happened? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's been the story for Edinburgh all year. They put together these streaks. They play well. Sometimes they win. Sometimes they don't. It's just like it comes you know, in a, bursts, you know? A close loss a week ago. Yeah. And then you turn in this performance against Clarion. We talked about it in the Northeast Fairview game. Is That's got to be more of a player perspective than a coaching thing. Yeah. No, 100%. 100%. But we got to take a break. Before we take that break, though, I want to take a second to thank all of our sponsors. Quick Fill, Duskus Funeral Home, Circo Industrial Supply, John's Wildwood Pizza, Denny's Sale and Service Center, Dauber Auto Supply. Awesome painting and services. Without them, we wouldn't be here for you. All right, when we get back, we're going to have an extended Rust Belt rundown this week. You're listening to Flagship City Sports Talk, brought to you by Quick Fill. Browning's win a back-and-forth game. Pittsburgh makes a second-half statement, and Buffalo looks confused. Let's head into the Rust Belt Rundown, brought to you by Circo Industrial Supply. Brownies took on Indianapolis this week, squeaked out a win, 39-38. Back-and-forth game against the Colts. P.J. Walker replaces the injured Watson. We'll get to a lot of that stuff. Paul. Did you watch this game? This game was insane. I did. I was flipping back and forth between the Browns and the Bills games. So, like, that 1 to 4 o'clock first block on Sunday afternoon was wild to me. Uh, 39-38, the Brownies come away 4-2, and uh, which if you've watched the Cleveland Browns, you wouldn't look at them like a 4-2 and football team. Uh, What I thought was really interesting was the Browns are 4-2 and mostly because of their defense. Yeah. And then they gave up 38 points yesterday. So, kind of like, what happened to the defense? defense um my favorite stat and we'll get into the garrett stats which were in themselves unbelievable gardner Minshew. they threw this one up in the fourth quarter he was 0 and 10 heading into that game when he threw for 300 or more yards well now he's 0 for 11 uh he passed for 305 yards yesterday in the loss uh, but we said we're going to talk about garrett two sacks two forced fumbles and perhaps the biggest blocked field goal in cleveland browns history they win by one point garrett really put a statement on that game Miles Garrett, you know, being listening to a lot of Pittsburgh news and, and, and Browns news, especially since they're both in the AFC North, you get a lot of that like Miles Garrett is better than TJ Watt. No, TJ Watt's better than Miles Garrett. Yes. And yes. and Garrett to me has never been that guy that takes control of a game. Like we'll talk about Watt. Watt did it again this week. But Garrett, like you said, nine tackles, two sacks, two tackle, one tackle for a loss, two forced fumble, one pass defense. But I, I think the most impressive play, and it might be the most impressive special teams play of the entire year, was he jumps over the line like Tecmo Bowl and, and blocks <laughs> the field goal kick. This was one of the first games in a long time that Garrett controlled the narrative you know defense was not like you said was not looking great they they looked vulnerable especially in the run game um i'm sure they were helped by some questionable penalties along the colts as well or from the colts as well but garrett dominated the first half with those two strip sacks and a block field goal this is this is what they need this is what the browns need if they're going to squeeze out some wins for the rest of the year yeah you know i watch a lot of high school football so like when you see like a division one athlete against a bunch of you know regular high school athletes athletes you can tell that like hey that's the best player on the field that guy is incredible once you get up to college that 
that gap closes. And then once you get to the NFL, every guy on the field was the best high school athlete at you know at their high school ever right yeah so for a guy like miles garrett to pop off the screen with his athletic ability among all these other elite all-world athletes it's really something you don't see that often in the nfl it's so impressive (laughs) he was so good yesterday and again i will have to credit um jim schwartz the defensive coordinator for unlocking him even more you know he was pretty much a staple on the outside of the line playing that defensive end spot sometimes two points sometimes three point. Yeah. He's got him all over now inside, outside, off the line, on the line. It makes it really, really hard on offenses to try to just, okay, Hey, we're, we're going to double 95, yeah. right? That's, that's a pretty easy, Hey, wherever he's at, double him, but you don't know where he's going to be on a play to play basis. And yesterday, man, everything came together for miles Garrett. What a performance. Yeah. I mean, even down to the last couple seconds, finished with nine tackles, added a third and then Zadarius Smith added the third strip sack that Cleveland recovered with two, seconds left so it gets a little crazy the defense has been one of the best defenses in the league right allowing I think what is it 150 or 200 yards a game like the lowest by far I think the league average is sitting right around 250 yards of offense per game sounds about right so you have a defense that's allowing 150 to 200 one of the best defenses in the league the interesting part is they haven't been getting a whole lot of turnovers though right they've only had four turnovers on the year they enter the game ranked among the league's top five in most of the major defensive categories but they come in with just those four takeaways but they doubled that on sunday so what would you rather have would you i mean they a win's a win and you have the game against since it, or, uh, san francisco last week and it's like okay the defense maybe let them score a lot but they finally got some of those toner turnovers man if they could put those two things together that defense will be 85 bears ish. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, that's, that's quite a comparison. Um, But yeah, they, they do have the ability to, I I will, I will put it this way. They are a playoff caliber defense. Yeah. If the offense ever comes together, sort of, you know, some consistency and you, we can talk about Watson and Walker and that whole thing. We will in a minute. Uh, We will in a minute. (laughs) Um, But the defense, like they're there. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of PJ Walker, you said last week you were the PJ Walker president of the fan club. Yeah. My jersey's in the wash today because I was wearing it yesterday. Well, yeah, yeah, we you know yeah. we, we try to keep a clean image here <laughs> on Flagship City Sports Talk, but I do want to talk about PJ Walker. I didn't have a great game. Leads the game-winning drive. You know he had an okay game. He wasn't spectacular, um, but he did enough. He did enough to win the game. Fifteen of thirty-two, an average of five point six yards per completion. I mean, they again they protected him a little bit. A lot of throws underneath, run the ball. They ran for one hundred and fifty yards as a team. That's what you got to do with a backup quarterback. Uh, didn't put the ball. Okay, I should. He didn't throw any touchdown passes, and he did have that bad interception late in the game. He was looking for Amari Cooper, who, by the way, was open. Kind of underthrew him a little bit. Yeah. But he did make some spectacular plays with his feet. I think there was one play in the fourth quarter. He ran about sixty-five yards to gain three. I mean, that's the kind of athlete that you're getting at the position with PJ Walker. He's not gonna. He's not gonna impress anybody with his throwing ability from the pocket he's not going to win from the pocket but he gives you that x factor which is athleticism that's going to keep them in games and he did a great job yesterday filling in in spot duty for watson who you know he didn't take reps all week anticipating being the starter he came in off the bench with three minutes to play in the first yeah watson made his first start september 24th and then he left in the first quarter he took a big hit it left him sprawled out in the turf he did kind of hit his head some people were wondering you know was it the concussion was it the shoulder he does get medically cleared for 
for the head injury and was cleared to return, but Stefanski didn't bring him back out. Stefanski said after the game uh, he wanted to protect his quarterback. Quote, that's all it was. It's my job to make those tough decisions. The end quote. The interesting thing, though, is whenever they asked Watson the same question, you know, why didn't you come back in the game? He says it was a medical decision. Now, maybe like it just the thing that scares me, I guess, is where I'm going with this Mm -hmm. is it just from the outside looking in. It doesn't look like you have a quarterback and a head coach on the same page. No, and I agree. And I think another thing is, again, I'm watching the game. And as we get down to that fourth quarter and they start doing those sideline shots, they kept panning to Watson. And I don't know if you guys watched the game, but he was over off sort of on the end of the sideline. He's down near the NFL guys, you know, the guys with the the orange gloves and the ball boys and kind of standing away from the team and away from the coaching staff and just kind of standing there all by himself. So there's there's some sort of rift that I'm picking up on. This is no inside info. This is just... Yeah. reading body language inside. He's not standing next to the offensive coordinator. He doesn't have a headset on. He's not, you know, encouraging his guys, you know, doing the best you can. The QB is out and he's just, you know, he wants to be the number one cheerleader. He's just kind of away from everything. Yeah. So it's just, it's a very interesting dynamic right now with yeah. Watson and Cleveland. Yeah. It's just, it's something to keep our eye on because they're, they're, I mean, maybe I'm reading too much into it. Watson says it's a medical decision. Stefanski said it's his decision. Did Stefanski make the decision because it's a medical decision? Yeah, probably. But it's just it's just these last few weeks have been really interesting. And and Watson hasn't played phenomenally well either. I mean, he was right. okay. And of course, he's playing injured. And yes, he's your franchise quarterback. You gave him all that guaranteed money. So I get you want to you want to be careful with bringing him back into the game, too. But just something I think we need to keep our eye on moving forward. Yeah. You know, from the coaching perspective, Watson went one of five with an interception. So he actually completed as many passes to the Colts as he did to the Browns yesterday before he left the game. And that that coaching spot is, you know, when you're picking between quarterbacks, your starter to your backup, there should be a level of difference there. Right. Yeah. And if he's saying like when Josh Allen goes out of the game because he gets knocked in the head and they bring Kyle Allen and they run it two times and then it's hey is Josh okay to play yeah yeah get him back in because he's so much better than what we have as the, at the backup position Watson gets hit can he come back in eh, we're probably good with PJ he's not so much far and away better than PJ Walker that hey we absolutely have to get this guy back on the field yeah and that to me is really really strange and, yeah. and upsetting if I'm a Browns fan yeah speaking is strange we got to talk about the bills but we got to take a break first so when we get back we're going to keep going with the rust belt rundown brought to you by circle industrial supply you're listening to flagship city sports talk brought to you by quickville Buffalo 25, New England 29. The Patriots defeat the Buffalo Bills this weekend. Mac Jones threw a one-yard touchdown pass to Mike Isicki with 12 seconds left to secure the win. We talked about this being a strange game. The Buffalo Bills are looking strange right now. Yeah, they sure are. This game after three quarters was 16-10, a defensive matchup, kind of how we anticipated it being. Before an offensive onslaught in the fourth quarter, we saw 29 total points in the final 12 minutes of that game. Not to beat a dead horse here, but the Buffalo Bills, outside of Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, not a whole lot of offense to be found. 64 rush yards, not including Josh Allen's 17. Uh, Not a terrible day for Joshy through the air. 27 of 41 for 265, did have a pair of touchdown passes. One interception. His leading man, Stephon Diggs, six catches, 58 yards, had one of the touchdown receptions. Actually, the leading receiver for the Bills yesterday was Dalton Kincaid, the rookie tight end. Eight catchers for 75 
five yards. But I've said it for a couple of weeks. I've said it for a couple of years. And finally, the national media appears to be picking up on my brilliance. They've said they can't run the ball. And when Josh Allen can't roll to his right and find Stephon Diggs wide open down the field because he can run around for four or five seconds, you can't (laughs) cover for four or five seconds. If Diggs doesn't get open, he doesn't have a whole lot of options. And I think teams are figuring that out, especially a smart defensive guy like Bill Belichick. And they're able to keep them in check yesterday. Yeah, they're trailing 22 to 10 in the fourth. Bills need just over two minutes to complete a five-play, 75-yard drive. Allen digs for a 25-yard touchdown with 532 remaining. Ensuing series, Patriots are coming down nine-yard pass to Kendrick Bourne, but Jordan Poyer pokes the ball free, giving the Bills the ball at the Patriots 29. Buffalo converts a fourth and two to set up the first and goal at the four. Allen scores on a sneak play two plays later. Knox for the two-point conversion, 25-22. Looks like all the momentum is on their side. Yes. They got the lead. Mac Jones <laughs> leads the game-winning drive, passes to Ramon J. Stevenson. He hits Hunter Henry. Pass interference penalty set them up at the Buffalo one, and Jones connects with Kaseki on that touchdown like I talked about earlier. But the offense looked good there in the fourth quarter, the Bills offense, but it's been a struggle, right? Listen to this. The Bills have been outscored 24-0 in the first quarter of their last three games. Maintaining a balanced offense, the Bills initially reduced their running game when they fell behind in the early stages. Of course, they're they're down 22-10. to 10. It's going to be pass-heavy, and like you had talked about, their running efficiency has been non-existent anyway. As much as I love James Cook, eight of his 13 carries and two of Latavius Murray's four carries came in the first half. Allen's deep passing performance has been inconsistent as well. Seven interceptions on throws of 15 plus air yards or more. He's made 59 attempts of 15 or more air yards. He's airing the ball out this year, the most in the league. But New England shut it down. New England is just... They're, like you talked about, Belichick is famous for let's stop the best offensive player. Take away their best option, make them play with basically the Allen to Diggs connection. Let's take that away and see what else they have. Yeah, yeah. And I'll, I I have a stat for that too. Let me quick, let me let me hit this one last piece and then I'll, it'll transition us into there. In the second half, they went for 7-11 on throws when blitzed. The Patriots blitzed the heck out of Allen in the first half of this game and it threw him off. Well, they didn't make their adjustment till the second half of the game. They seem like they're making those halftime adjustments, but they're not making those first and second quarter adjustments. And Allen was asked about that after the game. He said, quote, I wish I knew the exact answer because we'd have it fixed by now. Allen said when asked about the slow start, we're going to watch this film and find a way to get there. Whatever it is, our season is not over. It's a long season. And this is the quote coming from your quarterback right now. Feels pretty bleak right now, but we're going to figure it out. That's not something I want my all-star quarterback saying. I was going to say, I appreciate the honesty though, because he's not wrong for the first three quarters in their last three games. The offense has been anemic. Now they've come to life in those fourth quarters, but uh, too little, too late. Uh, they're one and two in their last three. Yeah, and the rest of the year looks, they have a rough schedule for the rest of the year. They do. The rest of the AFC East schedule it gets tougher in the second half of the season, and, and that includes the Bills. So. Yeah, and, and I get it. You know, you're, you're losing Matt Milano, Tredavious White, the defense is banged up, but I do want to go back. We talked about Belichick. He famously takes out your best offensive player, right? Yeah. And in this game, it seemed to be Diggs. Take away Diggs's 25-yard touchdown reception and he has five receptions for 33 yards prior to this game Diggs had 100 or more receiving yards in the last five of six so it was very apparent once you once you break down that Diggs connection there's not much else for Allen to go to I mean you talked about it he's rolling right looking for Diggs it's not there where does he go okay Kincaid sometimes dumps it off to cook sometimes he's going to run it out but that is not going to win you a lot of games with their very very average
average offensive team outside of Allen to Diggs and Bill Belichick. He will make you pay. The The defense isn't always the most athletic, but they are well coached and schematically very, very sound. Speaking of Belichick, he picks up his 300th win with this game against the Bills. Belichick trails only pro football Hall of Famers Don Shula at 328 and George House at 318, including playoffs. Belichick has 331 victories, trailing Shula's 347 ahead of Hallis 324. Have you ever caught many of Belichick's post-game press conferences? Not on purpose. No, oh, they're hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're hilarious. He just is like so monotone and just kind of like throws questions to the side, but he downplayed the honor this week. They asked him about it. He said, it's great. I'm really more focused on our team this year and we'll worry about that later. Thank you. But he says it in so like such a robotic yeah. mindset. It's like, it's great, but I'm really more focused on it. Like, it's like, yeah, whatever, 300 wins. I don't really care. Let's move on, which is, I mean, that's Belichick. Yeah, that's true. A huge honor for a great coach. Rounding out the rundown, let's talk Pittsburgh Rams. Pittsburgh 24, I was going to say at the LA Rams, but it was kind of like Pittsburgh West out there if you've watched that game. I was going to say, I, I watched the first half, listened to the second half on my way home from Pittsburgh, and yeah, you could hear the audible cheers when it, it was louder when <laughs> Pittsburgh was doing well than when the Rams were doing well. It was yeah. really something. You know, Renegade has famously played during Steeler games to hype up the defense, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure I caught it on Twitter that they actually played Renegade at the game. So now you have the home... Now you have the SoFi Stadium is like, hey, let's hype up the Steelers defense or, you know, maybe they were trying to make fun of them. And it, or maybe and it the backfired. sound guys just from, you know, yeah. Washington Heights or something. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. The Steelers managed to secure that 24-17 victory over the Rams with a fourth quarter comeback. Steelers who've won six consecutive games following a bye week and have been 13-4 and four after the bye in Mike Tomlin's coaching career. You know, we talked a little about Tomlin being on the hot seat, but he does manage to game plan when he comes out of that bye week. So he's won his, he's won seven straight coming off the bye, and they credit that yearly to his ability to self scout their own team and yeah. kind of work on what their weakest points are, as opposed to trying to you know watch another team and find out what their weak points are. I think something that stood out to me, especially offensively, was the adjustments between the first and the second half. Kenny Pickett was moving the ball down the field, throwing yeah. down the field. Uh, George Pickens in that second half was tremendous. He had that one bonehead uh, play where he caught the ball and then taunted yeah. the opposing player. I was going to say, there was yeah, one of the two se- of first half as well. The second half, man, he could be so good. And then how about Allen Robinson? Only one catch for seven yards in that game, but it was a big one on third and long uh, to keep the drive going. And I believe that was on the, uh, the last touchdown there to put him up 24-17. Pick it. This is crazy to me. This I, I saw this stat on Twitter. Ian Harditz from Fantasy Life throughout this analysis. Kenny Pickett this season in quarters one through three. 53.0 PFF pass grade, 34th in the league. Six yards per attempt, 33rd in the league. 75.9 passer rating, 32nd in the league. In the fourth quarter this year, he's got 78.2 PFF pass grade. That's fourth among all quarterbacks. He's got a 10.1 yards per attempt in the fourth quarter. That's first among all NFL quarterbacks. And a 102.8 passer rating, which is fifth in the fourth quarter among all NFL quarterbacks. Man, if this kid could put together a full a full game, we'd be, the Steelers would be in business. They'd really be something. Uh, Got to credit that defense, though, once again, getting yeah. things started in the second half. TJ Watt was at the first play of the second half, second play of the second half, picks it off, coming off his outside linebacker spot, returns it down to the five-yard line. 
and eventually Pickett uh, drives it in from a yard out. The first, I didn't realize this, their first rushing touchdown of the season. Yeah, and they ended up with three with Jalen And they ended Warren up with three, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, we, we talked about this with Garrett earlier, though. I mean, that's Watt, right? Watt is, yeah, he's going to make those sacks. He's going to make those strip sacks. He, but... He looked like a safety in coverage. He was like, he, he's in the flat. He's over, you know, onto the sidelines, working the flat in his own defense. Yep. Completely reads the toss to the middle of the field. And he just anticipates it, grabs that interception and takes it down to, what was it, the eight or something like that? Um, sets up the offense for the big score. And yeah, yep. Pickett's able to, to push it in. I think if you take Watt out of this lineup... I don't know that the They're Steelers. They're very average. I don't think the Steelers have. Won, I don't think they would have won a game this year. I mean, he's had that big of an impact with you like. Might be right. I mean, both like early games, he had two strip sacks that turned into touchdowns. Uh, you know, same thing with with Highsmith. But I don't think Highsmith can do the stuff that he can do. He's not Watt's nearly not the there. pass rusher that that yeah. TJ Watt is for sure. The other thing I think helped them out this week was Pitt's defense held Cup to two receptions, Cooper Cup, to two receptions for 29 yards. This is a guy who's getting 10 receptions a game for 150 yards and two touchdowns. They asked Tomlin about it after the game. He goes, this team, they don't blink. They cut their eyelids off. <laughs> I don't, That's such a Tomlin quote. I don't, I don't know what that means, but I will take it. The run defense lacked defense, but uh, you know it's good to see them start to, to make some turnovers. He makes some rushing going through. Um, and Joey Porter Jr., a guy that I am really excited to see more of, had a decent game this week, played 78% of snaps. Let's keep, let's keep, uh, keep coming up there too. So. And I would be remiss if we didn't mention Puka Nakua. Yeah. Eight receptions for 154 yards because it's just so fun to say Puka Nakua. <laughs> yeah, what is it? Uh, receptions in his first seven games and total receiving yards in his first seven games. He, he holds the, the record that's not yeah. really a record. Yeah. <laughs> um, Empty stat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see if the Steelers can keep it rolling. I mean, Jacksonville, they play Jacksonville next week. It should be a good game, but I'm not saying that... Uh, they they should have an it'll be it's a 50 50 game Steelers and Browns both sitting at four and two how yep. about that yep yep on top of the on top of the no 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 I'm sorry Baltimore at five and two on top of the AFC North is there um, Baltimore got a big win yesterday too looked dominant oh too. my goodness Oy. well we'll find out well, it's going to be a, 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 an interesting season for the Steelers as it wraps up and we haven't even mentioned the Bengals who I think people would have picked to win the division before the season you can't mention the Bengals because there's nothing to mention the Bengals well, I'm, I'm just saying it's one of those things the AFC North <laughs> man it never disappoints no, no. that was the Rust Belt Rundown brought to you by Circo Industrial Supply hey as always we want to hear from you send us your fan questions to flagship city sports talk at gmail.com or find us on Twitter Facebook anywhere uh, flagship city sports talk send us your questions we want to answer your questions on air we want to give you some feedback on air as well if you missed any portion of this or any previous episodes don't forget to go back and check out the podcast version as well just look for flagship city sports talk on your favorite podcast app Erie, thanks for joining us today my name is nick artman and i'm signing off for paul adamzak and rich smith have fun 